to Don't Eat Your Young, a nursing podcast. I'm your host, Beth Quass. In this show, I will interview nurses and nursing students in order for them to share their stories about the stresses and challenges of our profession, but also to share the unique opportunities for those looking for a new direction in nursing. To learn more about becoming a member to support the show or being a guest, please visit don'teatyouryoung.com. You can also reach me in my Facebook group, Don't Eat Your Young. And now on to today's episode. I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome, everyone. Today we have Trisha Lavalley with us. She's an RN and she's been working for many years and she's here to talk to us today. Welcome, Trisha. How are you? I'm well, thank you. And thank you for having me come speak with you today. I'm so excited for people to hear about your story. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I am a retired home care and hospice nurse. I say that with um, some bit of satisfaction and a little bit of loss because it's who I've been forever. Um, I grew up in a, I, I'm from Maine. Um, grew up in Maine, lived in Maine all of my life. And I grew up in a big family where my grandparents lived in part of the house and we lived in another part. And I was welcomed and given the privilege of helping my grandmother take care of my grandfather when he had had a stroke. I was four. Oh my now, gosh. I, I, that speaks to my grandmother's patience and my um, curiosity. Though I wasn't really curious, I just, I loved my grandfather to pieces. And, and when he had the stroke, it was very confusing. So there, my grandmother and my parents um, just kind of gentle way of explaining this to a four-year-old and saying, here, you know, you can, you can help move this. You can cover him up. You can touch him. You can still give him a kiss. And that was the beginning of my caring journey. Um, one of the things that's unique about that is that um, at four, the day my grandpa died, my dad came and said, grandpa's gone to heaven and I asked if I could go and just kiss him goodbye and oh yeah that was fine and when I did he was all dressed up in his Sunday go to meet clothes which I I had never seen him in before (laughs) but they had dressed him for the funeral and um I kissed his hand and it was cold and it was stiff and I looked at him and I said but grandpa's cold and he's stiff and my father without thinking said to me yes because the part that made grandpa loving and warm that's the part that's gone to go live with god this is the part that stays here and we say goodbye to this part when we have a funeral and i was kind of like oh that makes pretty good sense to me and so I have never had that trauma that a lot of people have around their first grief process. So I tell you this story only to tell you that I have spent my life um, working with end of life pretty much. I've done the administrative things and I know what it's like to work on a floor. 
I know what it's like to work in a cardiac unit. Um, but my heart is with people who are transitioning. And it's a known fact, it's a proven fact that your first experience with real grief, somebody, someone or something that you've lost, impacts how you deal with death throughout the rest of your life. And so I feel so grateful for what I had. And part of my journey has always been to help people embrace the fact that we're here. Yes. <laughs> we're not going to be here forever. And that's the way it is. And so being able to talk with people about how to prepare, things they can do, things that they can uh, say, do, think about other than the will and the money and the, and who's going to get what. Right. I'm talking about the real stuff. And you're so retired. Love, oh, sorry. You're retired no. from nursing, but you're not retired from helping people. Oh, no. No. I don't think I ever want to be. I don't. I, I think as long as I can remember what day of the week it is, which is starting to be a little struggle. <laughs> But I, I, yeah, I have this whole, I mean, I have 50 years of stuff in my head. I don't want to go and take it if it can be useful to somebody else. And it for sure can be useful to someone else. And so when you talk about grief, it's more than just uh, loss of someone you love. But I think nursing right now is grieving over what's been happening I don't even know where to start with that. I mean, yes, you are right. Um, the, the, the simple grief of the fact that you're seeing more and more and more people who are young, people who have life left in them, who come in and yesterday they were okay and today they're gone. That has to have an impact on the human being who is a nurse. And we are all human beings. We don't all bring, none of us bring the same thing to work, but we all bring our desire to make people feel safe, feel better, um, and have a quality of life. And that those are the things that this whole situation, I live in a rural place where up until Christmas, they were all, they were prepared. They had all the protocols in place. They had, you know, they shut down all the elective surgeries and all that stuff. And it's like, okay, but we don't have anybody. And then all of a sudden we got people and people and more people and they were overwhelmed. And so in the bigger cities, it's been going on forever. In the smaller towns, it's happening now, or it happened horribly at Christmas. And that, I almost think, was like more of a helpless feeling because people were coming in and they weren't sure how many more were coming. Right. Or if they could handle what was coming. And it has slowed down now, thank goodness. But it's 
the what ifs. Why didn't I? Should I? Oh, did I remember to do that? They asked me to do that. And that was the one thing they wanted. And I think I forgot. Those are the stories we tell ourselves that cause pain that we really could do without. Yes. There are some things we can't fix. We can't fix that people come into our facilities and die. We can't. I mean, we do what we can medically, and not everybody does. But it's the meaning that we give to it ourselves as providers, as professionals. If we had known a little more, if we had um, caught that cough a little faster if we you know you can make up scenarios and the fact is when you go to work as a nurse or an aide i the aides they are part of this scenario yes when you go to work to do your job you go there to do it the best you can and there are times when that just doesn't work out well. Or maybe you miss something, but you're a human being. And being critical of yourself, no, it's not helpful. And but nurses feel that when they're... 24-7. It's not just at work. Oh. When a family member or a friend asks for advice or what do you think of this, they get, they're fielding healthcare all the time. It's fairly common. If you're the nurse in the family, you're the expert in pediatrics and geriatrics and nephrology and the flu. And no, you're not. But People look to you because they respect you. Yes, I've been in that situation and um, family members have been sick and injured. And no, I'm, I'm not an oncologist. I'm not an ER nurse. And, but you're right. There's added pressure when you're the nurse or the healthcare provider in the family. And I, one of the things that when I was teaching, did a little bit of teaching and I loved it, I spend a lot of time on boundaries and keeping those boundaries in a family situation is particularly hard because you might know something that could be happening, but you need to be really particularly careful not to start suggesting things because that can get really out of hand. Yes, I agree. And yeah, yeah. And it's hard. It's very hard. And I think we, we as humans and we as healthcare providers want to fix it. I mean, I, if I can give you some non-medical advice that will help, sure. 
but don't hold me to it because that's not fair. Right. And I have to be careful sometimes um, in just telling people what I do because it's grief. Well, that's not all I do. My my company's name is Beyond Grief. And that's the key word, I think, is beyond because we all have to do that. We all, I don't care who you are, somewhere along the way, you're going to hurt. And I can't fix that. Not mine to fix. But it's the afterwards. Right. It's when everybody has gone home. We all know that feeling, or we we will at some point if we haven't had that already. You're right. At some point, um, you have to go home and learn how to live a new life. How do you think um, nursing nurses deal with grief differently when it's a patient that they've died? They still care for those patients, and they may have taken care of them for a day or several weeks or months. And do you think there's any difference in that grief? I think every single grief experience is different. Grief tends to be cumulative. I think sometimes nurses forget that there is a reason why we grieve. It's because our soul recognizes something has changed. Soul heart, head, whatever you, where, wherever you live, something has changed. And it wants attention. Does that mean that you have to take a week off from work because you, you're grieving over this person's death? But having some kind of a beginning and ending to every loss, even if it's a 30-minute prayer that thanks the person for being part of your life. A lot of times in hospice situations, there is the memorial process, and then once a year, they do uh, a yearly memorial celebration of life. and those are very, they're very healing. Um, but everybody, everybody deals with people in a, in a, deals with situations in a different way because everybody brings something different to the table. Yes. Whatever works, whatever makes your soul feel at peace. Or whatever part of you needs to say goodbye. It's important to not feel guilty or weak. Or I have actually, (laughs) in my 50 years, had nurses say to me, these are hospice nurses. Hospice is about dying. No, it's not. You die once. It takes less than a half a second. It's not about dying. 
It's about the life and the impact that life had and then the learning to live differently without that physical, emotional life. So it's a whole process. And whatever you need in that process, your body is asking for help. In the training to when you go into hospice nursing, are you, do you get a little more training on how to deal with grief and loss and death? I would like to tell you that everybody gets the same amount and they get supported in the same way. And every hospice facility or hospice home care agency has the same things that they cover. I'm going to tell you that when I started hospice nursing, it was, here, here's your clients. Go manage their pain. And yes, they have chaplains, usually. Though I'm a, a veteran of very rural home care. There's one chaplain for a thousand square miles. Wow. Um, there's one social worker. Well, I'm hoping it's better now, but this was 10 years ago when I did, truly did that. And it's very much a business. As is healthcare for the most part. Yeah. Part of the reason that I, I'm so passionate about being a coach is that I have I have a plan. Uh, it's a specific track that I follow. But I don't answer to Medicare hospice and their numbers and their daily census. And that's, that's part of nursing that is frustrating to most people. I agree. It's a moral dilemma. We want to care for patients, and there is so much more piled on that takes us away from that. The last time I worked in the, in the hospital setting, um, I was part of the setup for a whole new medical record system, EMR. Just the introduction of this it's turned out now three years later to be a very good system but i worried that people were gonna not get care because they get dropped off the list and it's like wait a minute wait just a minute this is uh, this isn't okay i don't know i don't have a fix for it so i don't I don't feel that I have a right particularly to complain about it because I'm not in it making suggestions to make a change. But even when I was, I really worried. I worried about physicians, the physical physicians. I've, I've had physicians quit because this just isn't what they want to do. Right. And that's what a loss. And we see it. There's new technology 
coming out every day that we're being asked to integrate into what we're doing. And, you know, it just, it goes live one day and you're told to do it and you may have resources there to help you and you may not. And at the end of the day, you just leave it and you go take care of your patient and deal with the consequences of not getting your charting done. But we all know that's a real thing. Um, and we will get called into the manager's office if we're not doing it. But um, it's something every day that we're something new is coming up that we have to click a button here or don't forget to add this in there. And not all systems are intuitive or easy to use. No. And what I what I have found is the most effective ones, the ones that meet all of the regulations for Medicare and the insurance companies and the utilization review numbers and the ones that fix, that account for all those are not intuitive at all. And then you have a few others that, okay, I can manage this, but what about all this? So you have to end up writing them down. And that's like, no, can't we just put these together and make it make sense? I I asked once how many nurses were involved in creating this thing. And I was assured that there were many. And then I got to thinking, yes, but are they the ones who have to answer the call light? Right. I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> I think you're right. I'm not sure the right people are involved in some of those um, when they're developing those that software. So tell us a little bit more about your grief work and who you work with and how they find you. Okay. Um, thank you for the opportunity to, to talk about myself a little bit because that's one of the things that nurses don't do much. You're doing very important work, so I want people to be able to find you. Thank you. I work with anyone who finds themselves stuck kind of in this ongoing grief or gnawing sorrow or self-doubt or any kind of pain as a result of loss. Loss causes grief and loss can be as much losing your job, losing your pet is pretty hard. My One of my very best friends just lost her cat and she's a hospice social worker and she said, I bawled and bawled. It's okay. It's real. So I work with people who are finding that they just need some help to get some clarity on how to move forward and honor the person or event <laughs> that they lost and be able to live with it without guilt, without sorrow, because that's the way, that's the way we're designed to be. Do you ever, ever get over a major loss? No. And we're not intended to try. Can we swap that pain 
or joy and honor. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have the ability to find joy. Because joy is what we're here for. We as humans beings are about the only creature that doesn't understand that joy is what we're here for. Joy is part of who we are. And it serves no purpose to continually degrade ourselves, to hurt ourselves, to be angry. That's negative energy that we can live without. I do a mindset um, form of teaching, and that is based around making a decision, making a powerful decision. It's around once you make a powerful decision, finding evidence to support that decision. And once you start heading in the direction of your new powerful decision, I believe, though not everybody does, I believe the universe starts listening to you and starts bringing you things. I sometimes, completely agree. Sometimes it's as, it's as sweet as when, when you need to go for a walk because it's just too bad and you find pussy willows are blossoming or a daffodil or just a little butterfly. But those are signs that Joy is there, and you have a right to that. And the more and more you do that, it's kind of a neural sculpting. It's, it's changing your brain to go from, oh, everything, everybody hates me, or, or I'm never going to be here. I'm never going to amount to anything, or I screwed up and I think I hurt somebody. Taking that and going to, well, I never intended to. I have a right to be happy. I have the ability to learn something new. I have a right to joy. That is incredible. Nobody's necessarily going to just hand it to me. I got to go get it. But I know I can. So that's what I do. I work with people. Um, and I, I like to take shoulds, guilt, and all of those sorrow things and help people look at them. Where did they come from? Do they belong with you? Maybe not. I love that work. I love that you're doing that. And I think so many people are feeling that these days. And so I hope they can find you and start to heal. Me too. I, I have a couple of dedicated plans and they're coaching and they're a little expensive my thought is you are worth it when was the last time you really cared for yourself i'm willing to be flexible i'm willing to be Present. And I'm also, I, in case you hadn't already picked this out, I love to talk. 
<laughs> but you've told me you love to talk, but you are a very good listener. How do you find things to talk about if you don't listen first? What advice or tips can you leave for nurses today? I have a whole list of them. But I think in general, remember when you're really, really busy or you're really stressed or you're hurting that you do something that makes a difference every day. You go to work every day with the purpose to do the best you can and to love, love, just love what you do, love the people who you do it with and love everybody because that's what comes back to you. If you give it out, that's what comes back. You're having a bad day, admit it. And know that you are, are special. You really are special. Everybody needs to hear that. And tell yourselves that. Well, yeah. Hey, you know, I could be I could be flipping burgers, but I'm not. Not that I, I like burgers too. <laughs> <laughs> but nurses um, are special people and they need to be told that and recognized. And um, I think you're spot on for what you're, what advice you're giving us. And I so appreciate what you're doing for everyone out there feeling loss and grief and guilt. Uh, and so I'm so glad that you were here today to tell us your story. And we will put uh, the links for how to find you in the show notes. So please reach out to Trisha if you're needing some help. I thank you for being here today, Trisha. Thank you so much. I love it. <laughs> thank you. Have a great day. You too. Thank you. thank Trisha Lavalley for being here today. What amazing work she's doing to help people overcome grief and guilt and loss. Uh, something that she said that was so important was to remember that what we do as nurses, we're making a difference in people's lives. Go out and do the best that you can and love everyone around you, including yourself. You are special. And I want to thank all of you, too, for taking the time to be here today. We're coming to the end of season one soon, and I'm so glad that you were able to join us. Please feel free to share this podcast with anyone that you think might be interested in hearing it. If you enjoy it, please go leave a rating um, on Apple Podcasts. I would love to hear from you. Thanks and have a great day. Made your vows, you might not.